Welcome back to another episode of the Working Audio Tools with myself, Ed Thorne, and my co-host, Paul Third. brought to you in association with DistroKid for all of your online musical distribution needs. We have another mix episode for you, and this time it has come from one of our own contacts. This is actually a good friend of one of my good friends. Uh, so she asked us to mix this track, and she's looking forward to listening to the two mixes. I gave her the brief. I said... You know, I, I'll try and honour the genre. Paul will get very creative, and she was excited at hearing the contrast. This artist is called Sydney Joe Jackson, and the track is called You Make Me. So I don't know about you, Paul, but this track is not in my comfort zone, for sure. This is not a style of music I listen to too regularly, unless I'm, you know, out and about, lad about town. I did some research into different artists, and basically what I realized was vocals quite loud, hi-hats very loud, and kick drum. Right, now, before I kind of go into, like, anything about this mix, I just wanted, wanted to very quickly talk about a few reflections that I had uh, from last week and the week before. Um, I have kind of had the um, realisation that Ed was 100%, as much as it pains me, ladies and gentlemen, these, thems and these, um, <laughs> it, does it pain pains you. me. Uh, Ed was 100% right on the snare. It was too dry. And, you know, I've taken a lesson about feel and about how important feel is and the reason, you know, in regards to reverb, you know, it's like, it's, it's very stylistic. But what I did was I separated the snare from the rest of the truck and it didn't fit and it, it was it was too dry um so i have spoken to ed and i've asked him you know how he kind of processes drums and he's been very kind enough to, you know to talk to with me about you know his reverbs and you know i was using ro- over uh, reverb on the overheads which again i've learned wasn't the best thing and I, yeah i've learned how to do drums a little bit better um and i thank ed for that um in regards to the sound of my mixes, I've realised that I don't like low mids. I've got this thing about listening to mud. That's a preference. That's the way I like to hear music. But again, it's not kind of an industry thing. And again, you've, it's a very big balance between if you take out too much mud, then you could kind of increase upper mid range, which sometimes can make your mixes sound a little bit scooped and maybe a little bit too present. Okay, so um, I have backed off uh, ozone clarity. Um, I've kind of realised that yeah, about 25%, maybe it is a little bit too toppy. So I've dialed it back in this mix to about, you know, 10, 12%. Um, I've taken clarity off the instrument bus and also the vocals. Um, I was using the the mud preset um, to kind of take out a little bit of mud. But I think I've just overall made maybe my mixes a little bit um, thinnish. So I've worked on that. So I, I'm trying to have that balance between things not sounding muddy, but still having enough 
warmth. I hate that term, but you know, that's what people call it. Warmth in your mixes. And yeah, we've decided not to over limit our mixes. That was not a very, very clever thing. I think I, I think we just absolutely kind of smashed the shit out of our mixes and Funny story about that, Paul. I got my personal best of minus 2.1 LUFS today. <laughs> and Sounds it terrible, didn't sound it? good. So uh, it was hanging on for its dear life at minus six, and I backed it off to minus 8.5. And actually, on listing back, I think I should have taken it back to 9.5 at least. So I think what Paul's trying to say in a nutshell is that we are we grateful for your comments. We take them on board. We do take on board every comment. Um, and like I think we discussed in... The last mix episode, we're both good at considering every comment because we can learn something from everyone. And then both of us will decide what we agree <laughs> with and what we don't agree with. And that, that is what will make us unique and make our mixes very different, which should be an interesting contrast for you guys listening. You brought up an interesting thing, though, when you were talking about the effects and how I'm guessing that the effects on headphones respond differently to speakers because in a room I'm also hearing the influence of things in the room, ref- yeah. different reflections, even though it's reasonably acoustically treated. But things like my camera, lighting, barn doors, resonating, stuff like that, that you won't mm. have in headphones. I wonder if there's something about the haptics of effects that I'm getting on speakers. So I use three snare drum reverbs, a very short one, uh, a gated one, and a long one that kind of overtakes from the gated one. And there's a certain amount of body to that that it gives mm. the snare drum that I think in particular works. I know you do a similar thing with vocals that's interesting. So maybe that's one interesting contrast of mixing on speakers versus headphones. Guys listening, we'd love to know your thoughts on that. But going back to the effects, you are very much someone who wants credit for your creativity. You are a very creative mixer. And I I get why in the last mix you you did go full on with the effects. And and as I said, I, I gave you praise in the episode. There were some very, very good beautiful creative moments but we have a different approach in that you want everyone to hear those whereas though my live sound training was basically bring the effects up until you can hear them and then back them off but then if you mute them there's Mm. something missing and with reverbs and delays that's always been my approach and i i take comfort or confidence at least in that when you listen to a spike stent mix more often than not i mean a lot of the times the vocals are bone dry but there are some effects, but they're so subtle. Mm. It's, I, I don't feel like the pop music scene is full of effects. There'll, there'll be very choice words or placements for effects rather than just the same reverb all the way through. And I mean, that's just that's an automation thing. But did you have any more thoughts on that or should we get into the mix and who's do you want to listen um, to first? Look, very just quickly, right? um, Ed is bang on. And how I fixed that for anybody listening on this mix is I am using these which are the Allo um, S5X. They work extremely well with room simulations. They're made to work with room simulations. So um, I've been ah, using these cool. Sonic Real Phones again, which I didn't use with these, uh, the new Hyphamans that I got because there isn't a profile in Real Phones. So again, what the Real Phones is giving me is what Ed's talking about. It's giving me the the sound of the room, which essentially is probably like you know synthetic reverbs or whatever. So, you know, what that's giving me is kind of reverb on top of reverb, which is kind of allowing me to kind of sit back and go, ah, okay, headphones are really dry, but at the end of the mix, this is letting me kind of judge the reverbs and delays a little bit better. So hopefully, (laughs) hopefully um, you could hear it in this mix. Ed, very interesting, right? Before we listen to the mix, 
Uh, this is the very first time me and you have ever mixed like a house or like a dance track. I'll be very interested to hear your approach on the drums here because we we don't have acoustic drums for the first time. You know what I mean? It is, you know, kick, 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 claps for the snare um, and hi-hats. Um, and we were speaking during the week and I know that you were saying that you kind of, you took the approach of having the hi-hats very loud. Mines aren't as loud. Um, they're there because I know it's important. Are your hats louder than the claps? Yeah, yeah, that's kind of the genre, I think. Right, okay, yeah. right, okay, like, let's get into it. I think this will be quite interesting. This is Paul Third's mix of Sydney Joe Jackson's You Make right. Me. That was Paul Third's mix of Sydney Joe Jackson's You Make Me. You've done something consistently very well in this mix, uh, which, talking about effects, as we did in the intro, you have created placement and movement in the track with the effects on the vocals really, really well. You've got a nice effect on the synth throughout. What have you done to the synth? My favourite. Um, remember, remember the plugin I told you about that I like to use quite a lot? Tremolo. No, well, sometimes that one. It was the autopan. Meld the autopan. Again, ah, used it again. The one I forgot to download. Yep. That's a great shout. Okay. And anything else? I added in a chorus and added the, the autopan as well, just because I felt that um, the synths 
I don't know, it was just maybe a little bit, could have done with just a little bit more wetness to it and just like a little bit more movement. So I've got to add a little bit of uh, subtle kind of chorus to it. And then I've used the auto pan just to kind of give it that movement. Um, just because obviously you've got the kick and you've got the claps, like just the beat kind of going solid all the way through it. So I've got, it kind of gave me the space to do that. For anybody who doesn't know, obviously you won't know, but there was a whole effects track. So there's just one track that's got all the effects on it. Um, and there's certain times where I was just kind of automating the panning to go from left to right. So sometimes it would go right, left, and then an effect would go left, right, just to kind of add a little bit of interest sometimes. All right. Well, I'd say that was a good choice. Yeah, I mean, look, the main thing that stood out for me was the creation of movement on everything. In the second, in the verses, there's a really nice placement and lift with the vocal ad-libs, backing vocals, which helps create space. It's almost like you've had your Atmos head on early and you've decided to put the vocals in the ceiling. Um, again, oh, Paul's nodding at me, right? Uh, well, <laughs> it's funny because when I listen <laughs> on my hyphens, it does kind of feel a little bit atmos but it's genuinely just like uh, v- verb and delay um, and using it in the right context. So I've got like the main vocal like drier than what I normally do because again, I was listening on these at the near the end but I did have the ad-libs a little bit kind of reverby, so it was in the right place to add that depth. And then what I was doing, I was just automating left and right, like what I was doing with the uh, effects track. Um, I was kind of just, on certain ones, I would just do that and just kind of move them, just to, again, give you a little bit um, of movement and interest. And I think that on mixes like this, you can kind of get away with it because that's what I was struggling with was because there wasn't that much to the mix. It was still, it was quite a sparse, arrangement okay you've got the nice effects and stuff but yeah. it did feel yeah. like right i've got to kind of do certain things to keep your interest and to kind of keep that kind of track going so yeah i was doing i did kind of have my atmos head on <laughs> a little bit for this yeah i'll tell you what's interesting though is that i can get that perceived distance and height from the psi yeah, yeah. So that's just how effing good these speakers are yeah and again the background movement in the second chorus when it when it's the chorus vocal but the instrumentation backs down that movement of the ad libs was good uh yeah again that's definitely more creative than mine minor there's automation in the panning so it's different widths and mm. in different places but yeah you've that movement you've captured i think makes the track yeah it, it sparkles a bit bit better when you hear my track you're probably gonna think i've gone super over the top on punch okay on everything i think in comparison i think we went for a very similar vocal sound I was a bit worried about this because I I ended up using quite a few layers. I used the new Sonable DS to get rid of the, some of the spectral resonances. There was uh, was it about twelve k? There's something in the microphone where it, I mean that microphone. Sydney's a great singer. I think <laughs> Sydney, I'll give you a microphone <laughs> because <laughs> the Scarlet I don't think is doing you any favors. No, I agree. Uh, because I, I mean agree. I I know I've used that microphone. I've recorded myself with it. I've done a session with it it can't handle high SPL levels and it just collapses on itself, which I think is what we can what we can hear. Yeah. So to try and counteract that, I had DS, Soothe, some dynamic stuff going on, another layer of Soothe, and I think even another layer of Soothe. Hopefully you can't hear it. <laughs> Maybe you can. Other than that, I, I thought you got a quite a, a thick, rich bass sound. I think the effects on the synths really help them sit. I think you've done that better than I have. Right, okay. And I, when you said the hi-hats were loud, I was, I was thinking they were going to be loud. I, like... <laughs> Again, you're gonna hear a contrast yeah, with mine. I mean, mine are loud. When I say loud, I just <laughs> to me, it's like 
Yes, they're audible. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, you can hear them. But... Uh, so, okay, so hang on. So, so Paul's idea of loud is, oh, they're in the mix, <laughs> right? <laughs> I think, look, this is a learning curve for me, right? Because They're not muted because no. they're drums. <laughs> Fuck drums. Who cares about drums? Look, see, at the end of the day, right, it's going to be a learning experience because people that know the genre are either going to say, yeah, Paul just had them like there, or either they're going to be like, no, Ed is bang on and he made the right decision to have like the hi-hats. I really struggled with it. I was honestly, I was in two minds. I was like, do I have the hi-hats loud? Do I not have them? Like, do I just have them so they're there? Or do I have them? Oh, honestly, mate, I, I'd say that was out of the whole mix. That was the thing that I spent most time deliberating on. Like, should I have the hi-hats loud? Should I not? And I was like, no, what? Right. I'll just fucking make a decision and then we'll, we'll get feedback and stuff and people will say, yeah, fucking he made the right decision or fucking so-and-so never. Yeah, yeah. And if we were, you know, working with the client on this, 100%. They, they can say more of this, more of that. Yeah. Can I ask one question? Because I, I find it quite interesting that, that this wasn't picked up. Now, I really struggled with the kind of breakdown, but um, no, like where um, there, there's two drums, there's like um, an overall drum, but there's, it's, it's at the start. And then, oh, there's a drum loop at the start drum loop, that's yeah, kind of and the filtered drum, yeah, slightly. And the drum loop comes back in the middle. I found it really difficult because I found their voice was just way too dry. So I actually added an auto pan, a very slight auto pan, and I added, I can't remember, I think it was chorus. I think I added a bit of chorus and a bit of auto pan. So, it's, so in that one bit, our vocals just kind of doing that. Because I found it was too dry and rev- giving it too much reverb I thought wasn't working. So, but it's interesting that you didn't pick up on that. So maybe I, for the very first time in Paul Third history, I've maybe um, made something that was um, not heard, but f- not heard, but felt. Maybe I finally got that. Maybe I finally understood. No, <laughs> you could um, feel it, but you can't necessarily hear it. So you take it you didn't pick pick that up that there was like a difference in effects in that one bit. No, I didn't notice there was right. panning. Maybe I would have done if I had headphones on over speakers. Right. Okay. Again. Leave your comments on that. Um, but I, I I just felt there was a movement to it and, and an energy to it. So uh, interesting, interesting idea. That is something I would never have thought of. <laughs> Kicks him. And lastly, before we listen to yours, I promise we are going to get to Ed's. I just, because this is very kind of genre kind of specific, right? Kick sound. What did you think of the kick sound? Am I going to, am I, basically, am I going to listen to your mix and it's like, <laughs> Is that what I'm basically going to hear? Yeah, mine's knocking pretty hard. Right, okay. But the interesting thing with... This is why I wanted to do this track, because it's out of our comfort zone. Yeah, yeah, totally. So in terms of how do we get this right, we have to go in and do research and listen to stuff and reference stuff. What do we do? Because like the hi-hats, for example, if you felt they were too loud, for me, listening to the genre, they're uncomfortably loud. So I think Mm. I've even backed them off a little bit compared to maybe what some of the more genre-specific engineers would do. My approach with the hi-hats was loud, take out the harsh frequencies. I think there was, is it 4K was clashing with the vocals a bit? Right. And then saturate them. So they're, they're probably louder than they are harsh, I hope. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Right, okay, right. I think we've waffled enough about my mix, you know, sorry. You know, I do tend to waffle. Um, right, let's listen to Ed's mix of Sidney Joe Jackson's song. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's do it.
If you don't have an in-house mastering engineer like we're fortunate enough to have with Marcel at Actu Make with the working audio tools, DistroKid have you covered. For just $99 a year, you can buy unlimited mastering for all of your tracks in tandem with unlimited releases via DistroKid. Mixair from DistroKid uses AI technology to measure the EQ and the dynamics of your track and then present you with numerous options to tweak and customize your master. You can flip between the original and the generic mastered option. Blame it on the whiskey. Blame it on the bad weed. So instantly we can hear that's making the track louder and it's also slightly flattening the EQ, bringing in a little bit more of the mid-range and of course the top end. We can adjust the intensity, which is how much compression and limiting is being applied to the track. Blame it on the only thing you've ever seen Run and tell your mother Blame it on your brother I think somewhere in the middle works for this track. And the EQ options are self-explanatory. We can make the track effectively duller or brighter. Download your mastered track and release it as easily as you do all of your other unlimited uploads. Get 30% off your DistroKid subscription using the Working Audio Tools VIP link below. For me, I have to say that um, I thought it translated really well to headphones. Um, I think it's a great mix. I think I think generally what we've got here is two great mixes, um, but just two different approaches. As always, um, a mix yeah, of the but... two would probably be spot on. <laughs> Did you feel that my mix translated decent to the PSI? It's like it translated all right. Yeah, it was fine. I I just wanted more punch, but th- right, okay, then so my ears were biased because I'm I was I'd heard mine and yeah. So I wasn't like there was no. You know what I mean? Sometimes where you can kind of get um, sometimes where you said you can listen to my mix on headphones and they make more sense. And you may, it's probably maybe I don't have the the translation to speakers. But again, the punch thing was because again you actually mixed the record more punchier than me. Yeah. Um, but this is probably the best translation. I think you've had the headphones, in my opinion. That's interesting. Um, now, uh, the only things I could speak of, mate, is genuinely like just creative things, really. I think um, the intro drum loop, I think it's too loud. I think the reason why I say that is because the, like, the you make me, make me, that to me is the chorus. And I kind of feel like when you, the way you start it off and it goes into that, I, can't, I almost feel like the drums kind of sit back a little bit. I, I and on headphones anyway. I felt that like the the drum loop that's at the start and in the middle is actually louder or punches more than the main bit. So I kind of feel like a little bit deflated when I when I listen to that a little bit. Where what I did is I purposely made sure that that bit really comes out. So when you kind of builds 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 and then it's like boom, you make me, you know. And so. Again, stylistic. No, no, no. Um, you, you're you're completely right. That's what I heard. I think so. Between the two, right, okay. listening back just then, spot on. 
Right. I liked how punchy that, I got the drum loop, though. Yeah, I admit, it was like some like, really, really punchy. I like the sound. And wide as well. Yeah, yeah but, I, but I agree uh, that the, the back, the, the contrast would help, yeah. In terms of what I heard, in terms of like genre-specific, I would argue maybe I had the right kick sound because I think it needed more click, in my opinion. Did you add samples to the kick? Yes. Now, I, I think my click's just been swallowed up somehow, somewhere in there. Right. I think that's what it is. Because uh, there's one thing I know that when I listen... Now, it's funny. See, like, with this song. Um, do you know, remember a song called Lola's Theme from Shapeshifters? No. Uh, it goes like, I'm a different person. Turn my world around, world around. Dum, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know why, but I kind of had that in my head when I was listening to that. Maybe because her vocals remind me of that a little bit. That's a good reference, yeah. Yeah, so uh, when I was listening to that, the kick was very, like, had a lot of click to it. Um, so I think for me, when I heard, it was funny because I thought the the breakdown kind of, like, sample loop at the start and in the middle, that probably was more sample up. Maybe maybe I'm not doing the right fucking, the right hand movements there. I know that Ed's fucking watching. I'll take that out, mate. I'm like that going... <laughs> Maybe no best to do that. Eh? Hey, you don't edit it, I do. I'll leave that in. <laughs> I think personally, um, genre-specific-wise, I just think it maybe could have done with a little bit more click. I, I hear there's a difference between the sample drum loop and then the you make me, that one. It just feels like that all of a sudden the low end's got a lot of girth in it. It's nice, but I think genre-specific-wise, I think it would need more click. But again, subjective, right? Um, the There's one bit that I chose, the, the bit where it goes in... I think you stole my heart. I brought down the lead vocal and brought that backing vocal up a little bit. Where I noticed that you heavily low-passed that bit. I just feel like it sounded a little bit muddy um, there. But again, completely stylistic. Uh, and I think in certain parts, I think the ad-libs were maybe a bit too loud for me. But again, you know, I've taken the approach. I've taken a completely different approach where I've purposely chosen to like do the, the Atmos thing and like, you know, add lots of reverb to them and sit them further back. Um so again, that's again yeah, just two yeah. completely different perspectives. But I mean I think the, vocals... the loud vocals come from doing my research on Sydney's other tracks. Oh, right, okay. And hearing okay. the the you know, she's the artist. They're loud. So, yeah, I think what's, yeah, and know what? I think that's something that we should speak about more often is that when we do these, right, when we do the produce like a pro stuff, and it's like, it's like Ed knows the artist. Like, I don't know the artist. So, again, I've not listened to like any of Sydney's stuff. Um, and a lot of the times when we do these mixes, like, we don't have rough mixes. Like, like a lot of the times, well, not like every time, but most times when you receive multi tracks from an artist, they'll normally give you a rough so you can have an idea of you know, where their head's at in terms of placement and stuff. So, like, if I were a HUD, like, a rough, then I would know that's not the way Sydney likes our ad-libs, you know what I mean? So, yeah, probably a rough probably would have been quite good for the both of us. But, yeah, I would definitely say, mate, I'd say vocal-wise, I think great vocal sound. I think definitely. I think, um, have you been have you been taking a leaf out of Paul Third's book um, with the things we were speaking about with um, with your vocal on this one? Was this my first... I think this is my first full foray into ceilings of sound, or was it my second? No, second. Right, okay. But I learned off the first time what not to do. Uh, I think I was in the ballpark with it. I, I think we got a similar vocal sound. I, I, I might yeah. have a little bit more brittleness in mine. I'm sure people will leave kind comments <laughs> suggesting which one was better. And then uh, the hi-hats, uh, you nailed it. 
Yeah, right. And they're not as loud as what I thought they were going to be. It was, it was almost like, remember uh, the whiskey mix where I was like, mm, I think I've maybe fucking had the guitar solo a bit loud. And you were like, uh, Paul, I thought it was going to be maybe a little bit louder than that. But um, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I was flapping because I was like, fuck, my hi-hat's going to sound super, super quiet. Like, you've got the right level. It's 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 just like my hi-hats are here and, you, and yours are here. Um, but it is, it is correct. Like, if I could go back to my mix, I would bring the hi-hats up to the level you have. They don't sound, they're not clashing yeah, with the vocal yeah. from what I'm hearing on headphones. It's interesting because you've got the PSIs and they're very detailed. I kind of wonder if that's like, saying that my hyphens are very detailed, but you did say you worked a lot to make sure that it didn't clash with the vocal. So I'm going to say that we both can hear detail really well on our monitoring. So I'm going to say you did a very good job to keep the snare, um, to keep, sorry, the hi-hat in the right position, but you've not kind of got it to clash with the vocal. I just think that you've got the the level right I did the same as you I saturated the hi-hat as well I just think that I've been a little bit um, of a scaredy cat <laughs> and I've been a little bit too timid and went mm, it's better to maybe tuck them back a little bit but yeah um, I think we should be very happy with those two mixes I think there's definitely um, a lot of great things to take out of both mixes I would like to think that people would listen to both mixes and say these are both two great mixes um, two different uh, approaches but they're two good mixes just different approaches and i think if me and ed get to that point where it's like not a case of one mix you know being technically better than the other just being you know an element of taste then i would love that's the position i think me and ed want to be in i'm paul thirds he's ed thorn um and i think that's how we're going to end the podcast <laughs> so um is there anything else you'd like to add ed or are you happy to to call that to end it on a positive note are you happy to do that or is there anything you would like to mention just uh that I, I couldn't unhear the movement in your track when I was listening to mine and I just thought, right. oh, okay, so I'm obviously going to go away and nick some of those ideas and, uh, <laughs> and you know, for the purpose of my portfolio, maybe do a, a slightly better version. It has been definitely emotional. I'm going to steal it this week. Um, it's been definitely emotional this week, Ed. I've got a lot of things off my chest. Uh, yes, and I'm a little, I feel a little bit happier with myself. I think, Ed, you'll be feeling a little bit happier with yourself as well. And that's all that matters. Uh, we can leave every week feeling a little bit happy, um, a, a little bit happier in ourselves than a little bit of a Brucey bonus. So, yeah, you're happy to call that a day, Ed? Absolutely. Uh, but it's all right because in a week's time, I will hate this mix, as always. <laughs> On that blonde bombshell, <laughs> it's been emotional. Thanks for tuning in. Next week, we have a very special guest. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I was. Sorry, I was just going to leave it so there. Yes. <laughs> okay, are we going to say who it is? Are we going to say who it is? I don't, in case he bails. <laughs> <laughs> okay okay right. it is a very big guest right so stick stick around and uh, yeah if, <laughs> if he does turn up which I hope he does um, then yeah it's going to be a great one so it's goodbye from me goodbye from him see you next week <laughs>